Ezekiel is by far my favorite person on Doom Patrol. I just want to like by far the Roach my favorite. But whoa, whoa, miscreant! Do never, (laughs) do never discredit Ezekiel. He has survived nuclear holocaust and waste. He sounds pretty Ezekiel cool to me. He is Ezekiel cool. And if you don't know who we are, we are the Doom Patrol panel that talks Doom Patrol. Each and every week. To the left of me, I have Elena in the building. Hey, it's me. I'm Elena, and I'm here. And Ollie's not, but he's having a grand old time at DragCon, so that's why he's not here. So, love to at Ollie Dreamer. We love you, Ollie. Yeah, we do love us some Ollie. And, of course, I'm Tehran. I will be your host as we talk some DC's Doom Patrol Season 1, Episode 15, the final episode. This was a series finale or season finale because I'm thinking we have to get a season two after this. Oh, yeah. There's a season two for sure. Ezekiel Patrol. Uh, we are going to be breaking it down into present day lives. Mr. Nobody Gets His Revenge or does he? We don't know. The Immortus Project, Cyborg Story, Beard Hunter, Ezekiel himself, my my lord, my legion. Uh, final battle, special segment, of course, Who You, where we pick a scene from the show and decipher how it relates to us or if it represents us. News and gossip, yes, we have some predictions for next season, which we will be getting. Fingers crossed. Listen, guys, this was one heck of a season finale. This was an, an amazing season finale. I feel like especially piggybacking off of last week, how they had, I mean, I even loved the last week on because they kind of teased last week where he's like, well, get caught up with the recap next week. That was I was so like, strong. oh, I have to watch the recap then. And then it's just this epic, like, Mr. Nobody poem. I was like, this is going to be a good finale. It's going it to be a great finale. It hasn't even started, and I know it's going to be good. And it did not disappoint from beginning to end. What have you thought about the show overall this season? Because a lot of people are up and down about it, and yet I'm, I think the people who are down about it don't understand what Doom Patrol or who Doom Patrol actually is. Then it culminates in this final episode where I honestly, half the time, had no idea what was going on and yet knew everything that was going on. I completely understood. I I loved this episode for that reason. I feel like it really encapsulated what the whole season represented it still had those mr nobody asides but then we get his actual personification and kind of the whole message of the show which is that nobody is truly broken and i think that that's just such a powerful message especially in current climate to hear and to have reiterated is that even you know this villain that really was just lashing out because he felt sad and broken like he was a nobody as soon as they reach out to try to connect with him this big bad who's been overthrown which i also love just kind of the references to the comics too like i was like but inverting them so so that you didn't know what was going to happen it was just perfect I, i liked it a lot i will say this that you and oliver in the beginning of this by season by episode five or six you were tired of the flashbacks but I think the flashbacks were amazing in this. Oh, episode. I wasn't tired of the flashbacks. I was saying I thought that Larry would was getting tired of having to like relive his relive life. all of those flashbacks. So because in this episode, this one the the flashbacks were so perfectly done too, and in chronological order of like the 1961 Ant Farm to then like the 1976 Doom Manor to then like the 1988 and just Doom Manor. Oh, I just loved it. 
But then we get we go back. You know, I I wasn't a hundred percent sure. Did Flit go back in time? So what do you mean? here, when Jane goes back to get the drug, it looked like she went back not only to the house. No, she didn't go back in time. That's part of the illusion of the house is that it's always set up to look like that era. Um, I think it's just kind of like an allusion to the original Doom Patrol. But so they, it's like because they did set up the date, and that's why I was like, wait. Even though it's stuck in that time, did she go back in time? Does she have the ability to do that? Space I don't and time? think so, because we haven't seen it before. And I think if they were going to have that ability, it would have been a bigger thing. I think the only reason that it looked like it was that way it's is because of the house. it's yeah. A lot it's of people online, illusion. it was a debate that was going on. Did yeah, she but go they, back in they time already or not? showed that first Space episode when we had the old the the OG Doom Patrol. Yes. was that they kept it kind of that era for them because it helped make them feel a little bit more at ease and it helped neutralize them a little bit. So, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. I think it was just trying to make sure that it was consistent with what it had already set up. I don't think that it was trying to do a time jump. Well, as always, we'd love to hear from you in the comments below. Let us know what you think. Let's get into some of the uh, topics. Present day lives. We get a lot of, as you were pointing out, 1961 Ant Farm, 1976 Doom Manor, 1988 Doom Manor again, and then 2014 Star Medical Wing. Those were basically the way we jump, but then we get straight to the present day lives where now we are six months uh, we're six months from the occurrence of last episode when they found out that Niles Calder is responsible. Which for is everything. also has to be kind of rough because last episode they lived a whole year and then were pulled back to then relive so exactly. it was like so this has really been like a year and a half, year but and a half. only Ten minutes, it's yeah, year and a half and ten minutes. At but the same also, time. yeah, it's just so that I, I do like that they mess with time that way. Is that they're like, okay, but it's all in your head that we're able to do this and do these convoluted things, and that they explain because the whole time throughout the season we've been like, well, do they not age? What's going on? And then we realize that whole concept. I have to say, I called that. You did. I called it like episode three. Like I was like, okay, but they're all immortal, so that has to play in. Like they're they're that I think is the link. I think that's why. And because we've seen Niles be not as lovable a character on Titans and in comics and just overall. In general, that's yeah. the whole point of who Niles is. Yeah, this is. is like the cuddliest Niles that we've ever seen represented. It was like, it will go awry. And I it think did. this will be the reason. And it did. And it so, affects their present day lives. Pat on, pat yourself on the back, you deserve it. I was it wrong about the call. title though. Yes, because you thought it was going to be called... I thought it was going to be called Doom Patrol. And it was Ezekiel. Ezekiel Patrol. Patrol. I was wrong. So, the concept is... Okay, now, (laughs) we look at the present-day lives. We have uh, Cliff and Jane, Mm -hmm. where Cliff is basically bringing food for Jane. Jane has become a junkie of sorts. A junkie on... What what would you call that drug? The the neutralizer? What what would it... Yeah, whatever that, like, neutralize... Thing that she gets, it's yeah. I don't know. I don't know what you would call it. It's just silences the, the everything. The suppressor. 
exactly. power suppressant. And why did Niles even make that in the first place? He made it as a, f- a fail-safe in case she goes to awry. Like, if she's sent to the retirement home, like, if, if her personalities just get too extreme and she becomes a danger, kind of like he did for Dorothy. Like, it's like he has to put her somewhere safe because he still has, we see through this, like, it, it changes. He has this really malicious intent, uh, not intentionally malicious, but pretty grotesque when you think about it. He's willing to sacrifice all of these people, but then he does really grow to have this kind of paternal feeling. Exactly, like a connection with them. So I think that the neutralizer was just in case her powers get too severe. He's like, don't kill her. Kind of like the King Kong thing. It's like, no, just shoot it with like a trank. Like, (laughs) trank her powers. Don't kill her. Just trank her. Because it was there. It was on hand. And then Jane gets a hold of it and just goes bananas. Oh, we need to get you on a regiment. We need to slow down. She's like, uh, flits right back and then injects it all. Yeah, she's and like, she just comatose. Bah. Yeah, and and it, and on one hand, it silenced everyone's voice, but on the other hand, all the personalities were a little upset that it was going on. Well, at first, they were all chill with it because, like, even she even apologizes to Kay, and then Kay's like, you know, no, this is better. But it's, you know, such a good illusion for addiction, I think, in that scene, too, is because it's saying, look, you can't stay. The secretary finally is like, you can't stay here. You can't hide here. This isn't helping. You think it is, but it's not. You're masking the problem. And look, Kay is going back to to daddy. The whole memory that we're trying to protect this little girl that we're trying to save, like, luckily, Hammerhead runs after her, but you're abandoning your mission in your purpose by just hiding here and not fighting like you could be so much more and you can bring out who you are in yourself it's hard but it's not helping to just hide and mask the pain it was so interesting how cliff is just bringing the food and leaving it there for her consumption she do you jane was like oh so it's you but she had to have known yeah i was like who the hell else who would it else be jane like nobody else has ever given a crap i mean like this is the man who was like cutting the crust off of the sandwiches this is obvious who do you think it is Dennis? yeah because i love what you said about how it was like uh, it was a commentary on addiction and here we have a person who's also a commentary on enabler mm-hmm. in a way and we see that their their relationship is how would you describe it is it paternal it is i think because it's it's he doesn't have that relationship with clara and so it is kind of like a surrogate daughter which is kind of sad for jane that she's both niles surrogate daughter and also cliffs, cliffs. and you know because she had this horrible just disgusting relationship with her father her own that, father yeah Oof. and so i mean it's it's a really, really complicated thing, too, because they're friends, but they're friends that don't, while they have each other's best interests at heart, he is a little bit afraid of her. He doesn't want her to push him away completely. So when she's like, you hear Chumbawamba, let's go. Exactly. Yeah. Not her powers. Not her powers, but he's afraid of losing, losing her. Losing her, 100%. So, but I do like that they are like, you want to go F up some people who are playing Chumbawamba? Like, time to go get it. Let's Disembody go. Chumbawamba, let's go. They needed an <laughs> excuse, like a reason to do something. And on the flip side, we have Larry and Rita. So we always, there's always been kind of a division. There's like two teams. There's Jane and Cliff and Larry and Rita. 
And Rita forced herself on Larry, kind of, in a way. Yeah, well, we see, too, that 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 they were the OGs, that basically Rita was the original experiment, and then for the Immortus Project, looking for the second, as a just-in-case, you know, that Joshua's saying, you're willing to sacrifice this man, Larry. So they're together... I mean, 1961 isn't that far off from 1960 or from 1955. Like it's only a six-year difference. So she's been by herself for six years, and then Larry comes in. So then that becomes her best friend. So it makes sense that they have this kind of deep connection because they were the first two. And now they and they live together in this house. Yeah. Reed is a teacher. Larry is just basically training himself to be apart from negative man. As long as possible. Yeah, like leaving the negative spirit to go fly about and then return. Which is good. I'm like, he's training his powers. Rita's just kind of well, getting her. Well, that's the thing. With Rita, she gets into it with one of her students. Like, She gets into it with one of her students. That and that really was a highlight because she's so... Before we see the students, she's so hopeful. It looks like I'm going to be handing out a Whistling lot of things. And- she's happy. She goes there and they hate her. Or at well, least that one that girl. Way. Yeah, jeez. I'm like, all right, calm like, down. Your highlight of your life is to outact us teenagers. You make us feel like this. A never was. A yeah. washed up never was. Yeah. Meanwhile, she's accidentally given uh, boners. Uh, to all the- to the- I did love, though, that they had the script and they had the script call back with the same lines they did, the same later line on. Later in the, the final battle. You want to pick me up with your big, yeah. strong arms and, and devour, devour me, me whole? Yeah, that was I was a like, great all right. I see you. I great see you, back. Doom Patrol. Here, Reed is a teacher. She At least she's hopeful. At least she has hope. And it's interesting because the person who's had the greatest character arc, in my opinion, is Rita. I think so, too. She's grown the most as a character. She went from the, I don't want to be involved, to every I, I'm going to make the best out of it. I'm going to do the best with my life. I'm going to care. I'm going to succeed. I'm going to be a winner. I'm going to be a hero. Yeah, she went from totally shunning this and feeling like this was the worst thing that ever worst. happened to her to finally embracing it. Um, I, I really, I just love her story arc so much. And I was hoping she would be happier. But yeah. Well, that one student was just such a whore. I know. I'm she like, was so God, mean. just fail her. Be like, get out of here. I'm like, why are you letting this little girl smart mouth you? Like, because a you're part fired. of her was, was right. A part of her is being honest, and she felt it, or at least she thinks it's true. I guess. Yeah. No, there's a part of her that does enjoy outshining people who aren't as good as her and trying to teach them because she thinks she's better. She's trying to validate herself. And she calls her out. The student calls her out. Well, you know what? I say some people pick subjects in school just because of the A, like drama class in this case. But what I love about AfterBuzz TV is that you can pick whatever subject you like the most. Click on it. Subscribe specifically to that. So if you love sci-fi, comics, drama, reality TV, go online. Click, subscribe, click that button. It's right there. You can click it now. You can subscribe to us and see us on other shows. Uh, But we absolutely love being the ESPN of TV Talk, and it's because of you guys that we're able to talk about this show and all the shows that we love. So be sure to rate, give us that five stars, the thumbs up, listen to us, iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, YouTube. We're all over the place. So let us know what you think of the show. Let us know your thoughts. 
And basically, just thank you guys overall for letting us get to talk about this show that we love so much with you. We appreciate you. And if you're listening to us on iTunes, give us that five-star rating. Comment there. Tell your friends. Spread the word. Be a part of this community. This panel isn't just us. It's all of you at home. You know that. Keep commenting below. And one of the things I want you to comment on is, does Mr. Nobody get his revenge or not? Man, this is such a convoluted thing. This is what I love, too, about this show, is kind of getting into, like, drama structure. Something that has a very clear central dramatic question from the beginning, I'm all in. Like, this is the question that we're answering this season, which is, I am Mr. Nobody. I am. This is my plan. I am going to try to take Niles, turn everybody against him, and get my revenge. Exact my revenge and feel complete that I've taken over the world. And then this last episode, it waits until the very last episode. It kind of answers it and says yes, but then circumvents it and says, okay, this isn't really what I want. Like this It's not revenge. what I really wanted. It's not complete. Yeah, this, I, I feel this emptiness. And so he has to go after something again. And I love that scene where he's like, and it's never going to end. And he's just passed out, like, <laughs> sad. And I'm like, oh, it's so just a perfect allusion to actual vengeance and how you think it's going to make you feel so much better and then it really doesn't. Yeah, you love him. You love the actor. The Mr. I do, Nobody. Alan Tudyk. He's you just so good. Him. He's so good at everything. He's so fun. He's so <laughs> fun. Um, those ridiculous pants. Mr. Nobody doesn't get his revenge. He's not satisfied with it. He's turned everyone against Niles, which he planned on doing from the get-go, by exposing Niles, exposing that Niles is the one who basically altered events to create these subjects. They were all just test experiments in a way for him to know if he can live longer. However, he wants more, and that's what ultimately becomes his failure. So then he's like, wait, I know I can go after his daughter. Who, Dorothy. Dorothy. Who, we, we have to talk about Dorothy. We yeah. will talk about Dorothy. That is a huge subject. We will talk about Dorothy because that was like, Whoa. Right? It was well because we didn't get anything and yet we got everything. Okay. Uh-huh. Anyway. Uh-huh. Mr. Nobody, I would say Mr. We'll Nobody spin did. Spin that not... tail later. Exactly. Dorothy oh Spinner. Okay, you're done. Yeah, welcome. And then <laughs> we will find out about, we will find out if Mr. Nobody gets his revenge. And then all at the end, he's the one who gets, he loses. Yeah. I loved, though, that this was basically, that all of this was an allusion to the comic when Mr. Nobody was first introduced. Yes. Because he created the Brotherhood of Data, which is, instead of of dangerous animals, it's basically just other people who had weird, unusual powers in it. Um, It basically culminates with them getting trapped in this painting, and it's, what, what was it called, like, the Painting of Paris? The painting that ate Paris. The painting that ate Paris. The painting that ate Paris. And so this was like kind of an inverted illusion at that, but with Admiral Whiskers and with Ezekiel that we've seen throughout the, the series. I just thought this was so, such a perfect reference to the comic, but changing it enough that you as a viewer. You couldn't predict it. Exactly. I, I, mm. It wasn't like, oh, I've seen the, it's not just a retelling of the comic book story. It's its own version of the comic book story. And of course, Ezekiel is one of my favorite. It, my favorite. Curtis Armstrong, though, like that voice. I'm like, so stop, amazing, man. amazing. <laughs> Silence, recreant. I just, I just love it. I love Ooh, it so much. So good. And of course, Mister Nobody endowing them the rat. 
And Admiral the, Whiskers! And the cockroach. He's my favorite. You like Admiral Whiskers? Of course. I'm you Admiral do. Whiskers, and I'm yeah. Ezekiel because Ezekiel <laughs> is just amazing to me. It's just amazing. I mean, just the voice, just the actions, just the thought process. This cockroach, I've survived everything. By the way, the cockroach is immortal. Which always wanted, made me think, why didn't Niles experiment on the cockroach? Like, did you not know the cockroach existed? Well, the cockroach isn't really immortal. He's just oh. resistant to uh, everything. Because we see him like get like as he's like, I'm immortal, then immediately gets sliced open. So it's like... He's immortal. Eh, he just thinks he is. Because Mr. Nobody hyped him up and made him think he was a god. I don't think Ezekiel is dead. You know what I love, though? I love the idea of... like the whole narration storyline about basically like you can write your own story, like whatever is happening in your life, you can take whatever situation you're in. And as long as you're willing to narrate it yourself, you can change the trajectory of your life. I narrate. It's funny because I narrate things all the time. And it was just so, because that's a part of Mr. Nobody. That is just Mr. Nobody as he narrates. And that becomes the reality of what's going yeah. on. But then Rita takes over and I was like, well, let me help narrate as well. And I loved that. And it works. And we've seen her do that before. And so it's just great for that to happen. Um, the Mortis Project. What did you think about Niles? Well, I mean... And his reasoning. He, obviously, I mean, Josh was pointing out, he is not a good guy at the beginning. Like, I think with Rita and with Larry, like, in the 60s, we can basically say he's not great. But as he lives with these people... And we see this big, you know, like, New Year's Eve 1977 thing when Cliff is then brought in. When they're like, look, you you put this request in. It may have been ten years ago, and you may have changed your mind, but this is your request. Which also felt a little, like, James Gunny reference to me. It like, did. I was like, it was like this good, was ten years call. ago, but... You know, you got to stick to it. And it was kind of like, but do you? Like, really? Like, th- Even Niles was like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, so <laughs> that's what it felt like to me where I was yeah. like, you can't hold somebody late, to something buddy. from 10 years ago. Yeah. But you said it was going to happen. It's going to happen. Here you go. Yeah. And it's ultimately like, who's the bad guy in that situation? Excuse me. Anyway, I feel like I'm hearing something. I feel like I'm going Not back. at all. Um, but yeah, I just I really really liked that they they had that whole story arc just that it yeah, progressed it that he like basically and by the time that Jane, you know, like we well we get Jane first and then he feels so bad about Cliff because you know, he confides that he basically killed Cliff's wife like he set up this. Well, he set it up, but yeah, he was he wanted it to be on a racetrack where it was just Cliff and then the wife. Sheesh. That almost made me worry, too. I know this is kind of getting into Vic a little later, though, but I was like, oh, did he... was Because we know that... Well, that's was, our next subject okay. anyway, so it doesn't matter. Blend Perfect. it all together, because we have to. You have to talk <laughs> about Cyborg after the Immortals Project. The, 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 the concept I really wanted to touch on before we get to the Vic thing is the concept of Niles is doing this to live forever just to see his... Daughter to keep his, to daughter keep his daughter from being killed or from getting out of hand or from hurting other people because his daughter is going to live forever. Because I, I and so beca- before we thought the actions of Dorothy were actually the actions of his wife. So, yes, I, this is getting a little prediction y, but 
Yes. Since it's the finale, I guess we really can't There's do like no, full uh, predictions. Anyway, so in the comics, Dorothy Spinner is a big character. She's got an ape face, which I think is why we haven't seen her. We've only seen her from the back. I think that's going to be like the big reveal sure. next season. But I think because in the comics, he was not like she was not his daughter at all. It was a totally different character. She could bring imaginary creatures and characters to life, and that was her power. Um, but now I guess they're making her this like super powerful character that would make sense if it's the child of this immortal ape creature that we saw a few episodes back and Niles together. I'm really interested to see what they do with this character then, because that means something had to have happened to the mother already. Yeah. Where's the mother? Well, that's the concept, right? And one of the things is always that Niles Calder is professor X. That's the basis. And we also see professor X has, a super powerful child that he can't control and is afraid of and has to always keep in check. So it's just interesting to see the dynamic. And both of them shift reality in a simple way. So I'm like, oh my gosh, now they specifically, now they've mimicked it because now Dorothy is Niles' daughter Yeah. in this show. Now they're bringing it back full circle. It's like, oh, remember when you stole from us? Yeah, we're kind of going to steal from you. We're going to kind of steal from you and just add this part in. And then, of course, now it leads to Cyborg Story, which was... Not only was, okay, Niles was responsible for Rita, Larry, Cliff, and Jane, but not for Vic. Not for Vic, but. But, exactly. But. but. This is the thing that I wonder, because our whole thing was that, I think Ollie and I both thought the same thing, was that we thought that Silas was actually the cause of the explosion, and that it wasn't Vic, and that it was tampered with. I guess they're saying this was Vic's fault, and that... Silas just had to choose between the two and didn't want to tell him because that's a rift, which I feel is the only part of this that was a little weak because I was like, mm, Why wouldn't what? you tell him? You could have been like, hey, I love you so much, I had to choose you. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, I, that I didn't get. But the fact that he said that Niles is the reason that he chose Vic and not Eleanor makes me wonder, did he think that Eleanor didn't tell anyone his secret and he chose Eleanor because he didn't want it to get out? And then found out that Silas knows. Silas knows. And so that that's actually a great way to think about it. Like, does he, did he want Eleanor to die, get that out of the way so then no one would know? Because he, Dr. Calder, Niles Calder did tell. Yeah. So it's Everything like, to Eleanor. Everything to and then, Everything. And, with tears, like, mm-hmm. in the moment of the breakdown. And made her promise that she would still be his friend after, and we didn't yeah. see the resolution for that. We did not. So that's the only thing was I was like, oh, is this actually a self-serving thing that he let her die? Or is it really that it's she? he had her best interests and that she would have wanted Vic to survive if there was only one or the other, or was there more to it? Is it so bad that I don't think what Niles did is that bad? I don't really think what he did was horrible. I mean, considering the... Rita was bad. Well, Rita was already... It wasn't intentional. That one was an actual accident. He just got her. Larry was bad because he knew that he was going to kill this person. It was an anomaly. And it didn't need to happen. It was an extraneous thing. For the greater good. The rest of them were more accidental, I think, as well. So 
Jane, Jane was already, Jane was already Jane. He just. Yeah. And honestly, Jane was going to be in a rough situation. So he basically saved, saved Jane. Her. If you really want to think about, if you think about it in these terms. So the only people who can really be pissed is are Cliff's Cliff wife. And Not even Cliff. Cliff's <laughs> wife. Cliff's wife is like, wait, I, I didn't even get powers. <laughs> like, Yeah. You just, well, you got the power to. Lose your head, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sheesh. Yikes. So, cyborg story, we get this whole Silas and Niles. Niles is trying to give Silas advice, and Silas goes off on him. I loved that scene. It was just super powerful acting and just an awesome moment of just putting Niles in his place because we've seen Niles as this, like, we've got to save the chief. He's the best this whole time. And so, seeing. Kind of the the good, almost the yin yang scenario where we see like the good in Mister Nobody and the bad in Niles, this person that we've hailed as our hero and as our villain, and we see that there's these complexities to it it's simultaneously. More. It's more than just he's the hero. And on top of that, when Silas is going off on him, it also makes sense why Silas has always wanted to keep Vic away from Niles. Yeah, sure, he was able to drop in every now and then, but. Silas would always warn Vic, and this is why. And now we get this story of why. Yeah. I I, I really, really liked that they have kind of redeemed Silas, too. They, they did kind of redeem Silas. They redeemed... Silas is, like, the most liked person. Like, poor yeah. Silas. We were watching him in the hospital. We're like, poor Silas. I did oh, think he was Silas. dead, though. I was like, that was a weak move to yeah. psych me out like that. With I don't that. know how he survived anyway. Yeah. I don't know how he survived. Um... A beard hunter, punch. beard <laughs> hunter. Yeah, you don't survive a cannon punch. Let's be very real. <laughs> this is that's what I'm. That's what I mean when I say that I don't feel like this show has done a great enough job on Cyborg. While I really like the guy who's playing Cyborg as a person, I really enjoy him. I just felt like Cyborg should be bigger, and also Cyborg should be more, or just more, just stronger, f- smarter. All yeah. the things that we know as typical. I think cyborg. we're going to see that later on because this was this whole struggle of him, like finally admitting that he wasn't ready to his dad, and sure. then now like all working together to make him ready. So I think we're going to see some more like badass cyborg yeah. later on. And they didn't even do on one on one on one thing they they made sure he was famous. Like, on one hand, he's a famous, everyone knows Cyborg. On the other hand, he was able to just walk around and no one noticed him. Which I was like, wait, is he famous or is he not super famous? Like, that dichotomy. Beard Hunter. Yeah, man. Beard Hunter, who ultimately betrays everybody for some ZZ Top sweet, sweet beards. Yeah, we got ZZ, a bag, bags of Lincoln, Da Vinci, and ZZ Top. I mean, if you're a beard lover, those are some that, good beards. Those are the beards. Those are the beards you're going to want. But, first of all, I thought... Beard Hunter was dead. So I was already surprised that Beard Hunter's back. Yeah, I, I was surprised by the Danny the Street. Scooped him I up. I mean, I love that we got to see more Danny the Street because favorite character, but... Danny the Street is all is the imaginary street amazingly done here, but now I know why Danny the Street, Danny the Street found Beard Hunter because Beard Hunter found Danny the Street looking for Niles' beard, which was tied to a doll that we now know Dorothy had. But I thought Dorothy, well, at the time, I thought it was the mom. But I thought, 
Dorothy had killed. I, it looked like he was killed he too. He was dead. They dead. have so many psych outs with that too. Like Silas yeah. was dead and then he wasn't. So that's the only thing is that they kind of kill characters and then don't. And the, and then they're like, no, we never said. We never said his head fell off, but we never said. But we also kind of forgot about Ezekiel for a while. Then he came back while uh, we were reading an article on the toilet. So we never said like it's a about never said. how bad the show was. Exactly. So I was like, I feel like that was kind of an f you to the haters, where That's it's like it's, we're gonna do what we want. We, we don't care. We don't care. Beard Hunter's <laughs> character, of course, he sells everyone out. He's he, but he's also the reason. Why they showed up? Because he's the one singing. I get knocked down, but I get up again. Was it? Yeah, he was singing. In, he was singing in the uh, when you went into uh, the game. No, he, no, no, that wasn't. That was him. He was the one singing, and he was like, "Danny Street is right." He, he's, I, oh yeah, you're right. Because yeah. then he was singing the "Oh Danny Boy" part, exactly. and then he was like crying, saying that Dan- yeah, yeah, yeah. He was that like, was Danny, a karaoke. Danny is right. If I sang it, you guys would come, and it did. It ultimately united everyone. So on the one hand, he's the reason they were all there to save the save everything. On the other hand, he also betrayed everyone for some. But he admitted to it. But he admitted he's like he has a problem. Yeah, and ultimately he did get his because he and Mr. Nobody were the only ones left in the painting. So it's like, I do love, too, that he runs it at the very end. He's like, okay, so wait, everybody's in the roach. I get that. So they, so he protects them from the They're atomic blast. They're all protected blast. in the roach. But, but what, what happens to us? Oh. And, they, and they're in the painting. They get painted. So good. Also, can we just talk about the best line in this whole series? You know what I'm going to say. Which line? I want to spread you like the plague, Daddy. Uh, okay. I was okay. like, <laughs> all right, okay. Admiral Whiskers. I thought you were gonna say it was the unrelenting, <laughs> uncompromising pursuit of truth, but no, no. Spread you like the plague, Daddy. That's hilarious. I died. I thought that was so funny. Um, <laughs> with Beard Hunter. Okay, do we see Beard Hunter and nobody again, or are they just done in the painting? How does it play out in the comic book? Well, in the comic, it's totally different because it's not like that they get trapped in it. They're able to basically, I mean, Mr. Nobody, that's when he's introduced is this storyline. So he's not trapped in the comic at all. I mean, or in the painting at all in the comic. So I don't know. That's why I'm like, they could switch it up on us. They like, could do everything. It's a because whole new, this is a totally new ball game. New world of everything. Ezekiel, let's, let's get down to my boy. So Ezekiel and of course Admiral Whiskers, sure, blah blah blah. But Ezekiel comes in, and they join forces. They all join forces, and then Ezekiel. I don't understand who Ezekiel is yet. I completely understand who he is. Yeah, he's the roach that we saw earlier, who yeah. thought that he was sent by God. But is he a sentient roach? A roach? Is he? Is does he have powers? Is he? Yeah, he's a sentient roach, just like Admiral Whiskers is. But Admiral Whiskers doesn't talk. He does. They can hear him. They can understand him. We just get subtitles. Yeah, we get subtitles because he just goes... Yeah, he, he gets rat noises. Rat. But rat, rat noises juxtaposed with Curtis Armstrong's Ezekiel voice is hilarious. It's brilliant. It's such a good, <laughs> strong... And honestly, this was one of the most straightforward episodes. Yeah. Going in, which actually goes to play with what Mr. Nobody said specifically. Okay, now we've got all this backstory out the way. Now we can get to the show you actually wanted to see. And it's this like was they very there. straightforward went into Ezekiel's mouth. It did. It went. They did go into <laughs> Ezekiel's mouth. And how they figured that they needed to do that, I have no idea. I just thought that 
having it when he's like, okay, but what about Cliff? And he's like, all right, I'm just, I'm just riffing here. I'm spitballing. <laughs> and he just has them make out. They make out. Genius. Isn't killing Avril Lister's make out. It was so gross and so amazing. Yeah, and then Cliff slides down their tongues into, into, yes. um, Ezekiel's mouth, into his stomach. And then they're protected from Larry's radiation. From the big, yeah, from the huge blast. I loved, though, did you get the Danny the Street reference, too? The very, very last thing when Ezekiel lands on the brick, it was the Danny oh, Brick the Danny Company. Brick Company. That's how Danny dies in the comic, is that Danny is dismembered by all these gentrifiers who come in and they dismantle him a little bit until he's left just a single brick. And so they literally brick him. So they had a reference to that in this. And but I was like, Danny's not dead, right? I don't think in this Danny is dead. I think in the series Danny is alive. I think the brick was just a reference to the concept, the of, concept of the, the comic. comic. Yeah. Because in the comic, he's like gentrified. And that's why it's like they take away what makes him special. That's interesting. See, I just knew that it was about Danny. But the concept of that's how he died. And I wasn't sure. And that's also a debate that's going on online is if Danny's dead or not. Because all that was left was the brick. Or in the Danny, comic, he's dead with the brick, but again. I think here we don't kill anybody. We've already established that like three times. Yeah, people just no come one back. dies. No one dies. No, <laughs> not one even dies. Steve. Yeah, no <laughs> his, one dies. His raptor can't even eat him. So I, that's so funny. <laughs> uh, what dinosaur of mineral vegetable animal man? <laughs> animal vegetable mineral man? Love him. So then, Ezekiel, of course, we get the final battle. The final battle was that was why. You were right. This episode should have been named Doom Patrol. For the first time, the team all works together in unison and has a plan. I and just it think works. it would have been perfect. I agree. And I, I thought agree. that's why they weren't releasing the names until like the next week, because I thought it was going to lead up to finally, like, oh, now they're the Doom Patrol. Yeah, because we kept getting different that. patrols. We had, we, we, but we did have Doom Patrol Patrol. Doom Patrol, Doom, yeah, exactly. Doom Patrol Patrol episode six. But then we went through. We had Therapy Patrol, Danny Patrol, Jane Patrol, Hair Patrol, Francis Patrol, yeah, Cyber Patrol, Flex it. Patrol, uh, your favorite, of, co- of course, Penultimate Patrol. Yeah. And then Ezekiel Patrol. It should have been. Doom Patrol, because they Doom came Patrol. together as a team. Now, <laughs> are they an actual team? I think so. I think at this point, yeah, I think going into season two, they're a solid team. They have to be a solid, solid team. And I also think possibly in season two, we get more. Of the standard concepts of what we think of as f- crime fighting or yeah. whatever that. Well, they also be. have less trust in Niles, but more trust in themselves. So that's I think kind of going to be the big switch. And that's all comes from the final battle. The final battle was a big deal where everyone gets together. The plan goes off. It goes off without a hitch. Well, without a hitch isn't exactly what the correct term because they are all now miniature versions of themselves. It was th- similar to going into the goat. Before they go into the cockroach, they live, and then we get Dorothy, whose powers aren't as defined in the show as they are in the comic. And we just know that she is so intense that she can out-manipulate reality to the point that Mr. Nobody is affected by it. So she's the most powerful we've seen so far. She's by far the most powerful, and on top of that... She is the reason why Ezekiel and Admiral Whiskers are large anyway. Yeah. She's the one she that made it. them large and made them... She's blowing up, baby. Yeah, sure. That she's the one that actually 
did this in order to spoil Mr. Nobody. And then it got out of hand. And she was hiding. And I, I love the scene where Jane's singing the song. Even though it sounded like they kind of made the song up on the spot. But singing the song. I'm a valiant get, little squirrel. I'm a valiant little squirrel. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. To get out of the door. and then But Niles shows up and then she opens the door. And we never get to see Dorothy's face. And you're saying she probably has ape face. I think she's going to have an ape face like Dorothy in the comics. Like Dorothy in the comics. That's interesting. Um, here we also get the scene of... It kept looking like they were going to show us some Dorothy and they never did. Yeah. We never got Dorothy. We never saw it. I think that's going to be our big season well, two reveal. Well, that's what we're going to talk about. Please tell me we have something about that in our news and gossip. We do. So some real quick after news and gossip here. Entertainment Weekly has released an amazing article with um, the showrunner, Jeremy Carver, who was also the showrunner for Supernatural. Um, so some people might have seen uh, a little illusion there. Mark Shepard, who played Crowley famously on Supernatural, also played Willoughby Kipling in the series. Um, but he was saying uh, basically that going into season two, quote, we've introduced something of a major new character with the chief's daughter and we have, and have still simmering resentments between the team and the chief that will need to be resolved one way or the other. We have over 50 years of current and silver age and bronze age doom patrol comics, which have really been a lifesaver and absolute basically just saying um, they're the wonderful, crazy ideas that they have. They're going to incorporate a lot more from the comics. And what he said he learned from Supernatural is you can put these characters in the most outlandish, ridiculous, crazy scenarios as long as the characters are always true to themselves and you always feel that there's a believability in the characters' actions then the situation can be whatever. So I can't wait to see what they do Can't next. see. And at least we're getting slow confirmations of the next season. Yes. So they're already planning it. It's in the works oh, yeah. as far as the logistics. Hopefully we get it and it's up to all of us. Honestly, we can always hashtag us at AfterBuzz. We bring shows back all the time. So as, as a group, anything is... Uh, Within our means, of course, we are the real Doom Patrol. Let's play our special segment, Who You, where we pick a scene that represents you. What scene was your scene? You know, I I really liked Rita's rewriting her narrative and taking over the narrative. I just thought that was really powerful. And I like it, and I think I challenge everybody to write your own narrative as well. I'm going to have to go with uh, Ezekiel uh, saying, I'm a god! <laughs> and that was it. And he's, he's just going off, like, waiting for the uh, for a scripture to happen. Um, guys, it was a pleasure being a part of this show. Uh, we love talking about all of your favorite TV programs because they are our favorite programs, too. We will be covering Doom Patrol if it gets back, which it will. Until then, where can people find you if you want to be found? You guys can find me on Twitter at Elena Jordan, A-L-A-N-A-J-O-R-D-A-N, and on Instagram at Elena J. Jordan. And, of course, find me at I Am Toronto on a slew of other AfterBuzz After Shows as we talk about everything. Until the next season of Doom Patrol, uh, find me on the other shows. Bye. Bye. 